Welcome to this week's NL Full Time. I'm Luke Edwards. Thank you very much for joining us. It's been another action-packed week in the National League. Lots of goals. And indeed, across all three divisions, the National League North was one crazy day on Saturday. We'll get into that with Dickie later on. Um, there might be one result he doesn't want to talk about, but we'll... Uh... <laughs> Sure, I'm not going to have very to much choice, am I? I might as well do my introduction. Good to, good to hear from you, but uh, yeah, uh, not a great day uh, for Telford, but a really good day for uh, Kings Lynn. We'll come to that later. <laughs> and also joining us, we've got a fount of all knowledge and from Off The Line blog, it is Joe Pope. Hello, Joe. Hi there. Thanks for having me on. Nice to be back podding again. And uh, it's good to see you're on the beer as well early, Joe. I mean, we're recording this early <laughs> yeah. afternoon and he's sat there, feet up, drinking a beer. It's like, great stuff. Me and, me and Dickie are drinking, sensibly, mugs of tea. Yes, I've got my cup of tea on the go, but that's about all. And uh, join us later, we've got Slough Town midfielder, Scotty Davis. He's going to run through the south with us. And also, we have got... Scarborough's commentator, Ant Taylor, he's going to be talking about their start to life in the National League North. But we're going to look at the National League. And on Saturday, well, it was World Honeybee Day and the bees are certainly a buzzing because they are still top of the National League. Barnett beat Woking by two goals to nil. Rinder Havland and Ben Winter with the goals there. And in second place, just behind them, a wheelstone. They beat Halifax one goal to nil. A goal from Reese Brown. Halifax bottom four defeats out of four. We'll come on to them shortly. No, I, I would have perhaps put Woking because I did think, fancy them to improve this year. But um, I certainly wouldn't have had Barnet. Obviously, the additions that um, that uh, Dean Brennan's made have obviously made the difference so far. Another clean sheet yesterday. One of those new people, Ben Winter, getting a goal. So, um, yeah, good start for them. Just need to continue that now. Rob mentioned about uh, the squad that they certainly strengthened. They've kind of gone a bit quietly unnoticed with the strength that they, they've kind of put into that squad. I mean, I know a few of us have predicted Barnett to go down. Can can you see it lasting or do you think they'll still be in the relegation mix at the end of the season? Um, well, from what I've seen so far, I wouldn't say that they'll be in the relegation mix. I think I did. I had them sort of mid-table because obviously they had him, they had recruited well. Um, I don't think we could have foreseen. Obviously, Nicky Kabamba. I think he's already got three or four goals already. Well, if you'd have gone off what he was last season under Alan Dowson at Woking, you'd have said he'd never have hit a barn door. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously they've started the season well. Um, and now the challenge for them is, uh, can they keep that going? Yeah, and Wheelstone as well. They've recruited quite shrewdly as well, haven't they, uh, Joe? And again, people tip them to go down. I, I haven't. I think they'll be comfortably mid-table at least. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a, I think I did put them to go down in the end just. Um, either that or I just got them to just stay up. Um, but I'm a huge fan of Stuart Maynard. I've said before, I'm a real big fan of his. And he's brought in some really, really good players there. Kretschmar, uh, Kinsella, you know, a couple of really good additions. And they've started really well. Another clean sheet yesterday. Um, so that's good. And a couple of people that they've brought in have made the difference so far. Dickie Halifax, what's going on there? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, it's difficult to know, isn't it? I mean, they did... They clearly lost Pete Wilde over the summer, um, which was a blow to them because, um, you know, a lot of Halifax's success in recent years was, you know, founded on his work, really. Um, they've obviously looked to try and continue that by uh, appointing Chris Millington as his um, uh, successor, having been his assistant. Um, 
but you know they've lost um, they've lost some players. We were talking about just before the season started about. I mean, we were joking about them being Halifax County and the number of former Stockport County players they'd brought in, and and you know you kind of look at that and think, well, you know these are players are used to success and used to setting standards. So you you kind of thought that would um, would help Halifax, but obviously there's some settling in. Um, being done still um, and yeah not the best of starts for them at all but it's very early days I think comeback of the day goes to Solihull Moors they move up to third they had a missed opportunity on Wednesday they drew 1-1 at home with York City and it was looking bad for them they were 3-0 down after just 36 minutes away at Glamford Park Joe Nuttall with two and Colin Daniel with a goal there to have them flying high it looked like they were going to get all three points but Jamie Osborne and Friaka Kelleher got two goals back before the break. And then a stunning second half comeback was complete. Andrew Dallas and Alex Reed in the 82nd and 85th minute mean that Scunthorpe have now only won two games in 2002. So if you think your team's having a bad time of it, just spare a thought for the Iron fans. But what a comeback for Solihull. And in terms of Scunthorpe, there's a lot of people now calling for Keith Hill's head. He's... He's under pressure. He was quite happy with the performance, but he also said a couple of the goals conceded were really bad. But Solihull showing their strength as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, they brought two players off the bench at half-time to make a bit of a difference, um, you know, go a bit more attacking. And that just goes to show how good a squad they've got now um, this season. You know, they're able to bring in one or two off the bench. I think Connor Parsons made his debut as well yesterday. So, um yeah, you know, they've got a good squad. And for Scunthorpe, I wouldn't be wholly committed to uh, the train of thought of get rid of Keith Hill. I mean, it's not been as bad a start. You know, I don't think most teams were going to lose to Solihull. It was only the fact that they started so well that it then looks like a really, really bad defeat. Um, it will be sort of confident. Obviously, two goals for Nuttall, who's struggled last season. Um, so that's a boost. Um but as Dickie said, very, very early days yet. Um, we need to see how they are at 10 games at least. Yeah, the big game on BT Sport was an absolute cracker. Chessfield away at Notts County. Last week's interviewee, Liam Mandeville, he opened the scoring on 16 minutes. Aquasia Sante added a second on 55. But then there was a player you know well, Dickie, who came out, who rescued a point for the Magpies. Two goals in three minutes from Macaulay Langstaff. Got Notts County on terms. And for Chesterfield, I suppose they did take a point to start the game, but they'll feel like it's two points drop, won't they? Yeah, 2 nil up away from home, um, approaching an hour of the game gone. Um, if you are Paul Cook, then um, I would say be tearing his hair out, but there's not an awful lot left to tear there, is there, Paul? Um, but no, that's got to be disappointing for them. But, you know, inspired substitutions, um, uh, by Luke Williams, the, the Notts County chief coach there. He brought on Sam Austin and Sedwin Scott, who uh, Scott and Langstaff were such a dangerous partnership up front for Gateshead last season. He brought them on in the 59th minute and goals in the 60th and 63rd for Langstaff. And within, you know, three, four minutes, their introduction, they've absolutely turned that round. So the coach gets to look like a genius. Um and, you know, it might give, give him a clue as to, you know, what you might want to start with next time. Terrific game for the TV cameras as well. I think, you know, that that East Midlands rivalry between the two um, made this a game that BT Sport are always going to be interested in and another good advert for the National League. Yeah, I saw on, on Tuesday after Notts County drew away at Gates had a lot of comments on Notts County's Twitter saying, 
why doesn't he just play Scott and Lang Saturday? Because they know each other so well. And obviously Sam Austin, even though he didn't play with them, has played against them. So he'll know the strengths. And it's, it's no coincidence that those three rescued Notts County, really. No, perhaps not. And, you know, I suppose you've done what you want substitutes to do. You know, you've given them half an hour. They've come on. They've made an impact. They've given you something about to think about for next time. Um, and, and whether Luke Williams chooses to start with them next time, you, you would tend to think from what they've done that they might do. I mean, it's, a, it's quite a nice dilemma to have for a coach to have, you know, players coming off the bench who were doing that, who are, you know, putting themselves firmly um, in your thoughts. And it's, uh, I suppose for somebody who is an observer of the North, like I am, it, it's really, really great to see those players, you know, making that step up to, um, you know, Sam Austin was full-time at Kidderminster, but Langstaff and Scott, yeah, actually they were at Gateshead too. So, you know, it's maybe not the jump for them that it would be for some players from the North making the step up, but it is still a step up in level. And, you know, Langstaff's hit the ground running. I was at something like 26, 28 goals last season. I'm not saying he's on target to, to get that amount this season because it's a tougher league, but, you know, it will fill him with confidence that he absolutely can score goals at National League level. Five teams on seven points. In fifth place, it is Wrexham, who won 5-0 against Maidstone, who bounced back after a couple of iffy results by their standards. They beat Maidstone by five goals to nil. A comfortable victory for them, but it was all about Hakan Heretan's post-match interview, really, that he did with the club's media. And, and he basically said, look, he said, we brought two, 300 fans up to Wrexham. He said, there's a train strike on. There's cost of living crisis. There's a petrol strike, he says. And my players put in performances like that, he said. And credit to the fans, he clapped them off, he said. But they didn't deserve to be clapped off. The players need to go out and apologise to them. And there will be changes. And I suppose, Joe, that, that's the thing. I mean, Maidstone, even though they are full-time, it's a massive baptism of fire. Big win for Wrexham, but a bit of a rude awakening for Maidstone. Yeah, perhaps. Um, I think it's never easy when you go away to a place like Wrexham, you know, with their following. You want to, uh, anything, you know, the, the minimum, you want to start well. And to be 1-0 down after nine minutes, obviously it's going to be difficult from there on in. Um, I wouldn't wholly agree with the fact that he's going to start ringing the changes. I don't think he needs to go quite overboard yet. Because I, haven't, I don't actually think their start's been too bad, um, actually. Um, and most teams will lose to Wrexham away um obviously for Wrexham I think it's uh I don't think it's a coincidence that they've actually won a game now with uh, a midfield that has balance um I've said so many times on my my blog that they need to have at least Jones in that midfield if they're going to put Young and Davis in and they bring Jones back into the midfield and suddenly it all clicks yeah Maidstone have it's, it's really not helped the goal difference that they've conceded 11 already, which is the most in the division. The battle of the newly promoted teams took place down in Surrey, Dorkin against Gateshead. And James McShane got his fifth goal in just four games. His double saw off Gateshead in the end by two goals to one. And a really good start from Mark Whiteside. Are we, are we surprised though, Joe? Um, no, um, I think even if you ask Mark, I think he would be confident that his team could be competitive, um, even despite the fact he says obviously they've got a lower budget. Um, they score goals. You know, they've always scored goals under Mark White. Um, and if they can keep it close, um, as we've seen, James McShane, five goals already, they stand a chance. Um, and especially in this league, if, you can, if you've got someone that can get you 
15 to 20 goals, then you've got a good chance and they've got two or three of those. Bournemouth are in the last playoff spot. They beat your beloved Torquay, John. I know you don't want to spend too long on it, do you? <laughs> no, no, I'm happy to uh, to talk about it. Um, same old story, really, for Torquay. Um, you know, yes, we're not playing the best and there are a couple of people in our team that aren't playing well, but we're keeping it close, but don't have the quality to uh, to finish it off. Um you know, when you lose players like Armani Little and Connor Lemonet Evans, then it's always going to be hard. Um, same old story again yesterday. Um, we had chances, but just didn't put them away. As for Bournemouth, they look solid. You know, that, that's exactly what they are. Well drilled, lots of experience and uh, managed to get a result. Um, but long way to go yet. I'm not worried yet. <laughs> the two teams just outside of the playoffs, both also on seven points of Bromley and Eastley, both had good wins. Bromley beat Aldershot, and I know Rob well, was a bit philosophical about it in the end. He was a bit frustrated. It was a 1-0 win for Bromley away at Aldershot, and it was also a 1-0 win for Eastley away at York. We'll look at Aldershot Bromley first. The goal was scored by Reese Hannum on 10 minutes. That was enough for Andy Woodman's side, and Rob caught with him after the game. Andy, your first away win of the season, second win um, in the space of three or four days. Season's off and running. How do you feel about the 1-0 victory at Aldershot? Yeah, I felt well, we was uh, good for it, to be honest. Um, I thought the game should have been out of sight uh, first half, really. And then even first 10 minutes, second half, you know, we had chances. Uh, we had a blatant penalty, which I don't think I've seen a clearer penalty given in all my time. Or not given, should I say. So then it gives them a little bit of a lift and then our keeper makes a few saves then to keep us in the game when the game should be dead and buried. Uh, now the margins I keep on about, you know, people think I keep making this up, these margins. We, we want the officials to do their job and, 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 and give what they see. Um, and uh, on that occasion, I, I don't know what he saw, to be honest. If I can be so bold as to pick out a couple of your players that are worthy of praise this afternoon, I thought your goalkeeper, excellent. He made a couple of very good saves from Effie and a decent one from uh, Cordner. And also, the one ex-Aldershot Town player, if I could bring back, it would be Callum Reynolds. He reads the game so well uh, and he covered brilliantly for one of his other defenders, didn't he, on the first half when the shots were in? Yeah, most definitely. I mean, the goalkeeper, <laughs> we've had a big... Uh, big sort of load of noise in the background behind me at our club about the goalkeeper which goalkeeper we're signing uh, we've lucky enough got another top goalie coming in on, on Monday which we're chuffed about and you should know um, yeah and, and <laughs> yeah, well, I'd like to think I know a little bit about goalkeeping <laughs> if nothing else um, and Reese Charles Cook deserves every plaud that he gets yeah. I, I knew Reese was a top goalkeeper last season um, and we had a contractual dispute um, and and I had to stick by my guns and, and do things rightly. That's gone. We've moved on from that. I'm lucky to have Reese here again this year. He's not only a fantastic goalkeeper, he's a fantastic uh, lad in the dressing room, which is a real plus for us in, in our dressing room. Uh, so I'm chuffed for him to get the plaudits today. Callum Reynolds. Callum's been waiting in the wings, biting, you know, biting, jumping at the bit, yeah, at the yeah, bit yeah, as yeah. a saying, isn't it? Yeah, and... Uh, He's giving me something to think about now. And this is what we want. We want competition for places. Mm. We want whoever plays the game and gets the win, keeps the shirt. We want it to be quite simple like that. And, uh, you know, there's a few of them now that are ready to come in and they've come in and, and give us something to think about. So it's good. We're in a good place. Yeah, and, and the National League itself as a whole, it's as uh, bonkers as ever, isn't it? And, you know, so, you know, it, even after just two games, no side have managed to win both games on the trot. It's incredible, isn't it? <laughs> It is, it is what it is. I, 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 personally, I know people are, think I've just said this. 
I think it's better than League Two. I've got to be honest. I I, I would say that because I'm in it. I know, and I want to get in League Two. But um, I, so it's I, easier. Yeah. Well, I wish they'd just make it like all the others, where there's a you know three up, three, three down. up, three down, and all of that. Um, but that said, you know, it's a brilliant league, and I'm really enjoying my time. I've got a squad uh, of, of fighters, uh, and my team ones represent me, fighting and scrapping for every point. Um, because we need to have that, and, and we, you know, free clean sheets on the spin. That's that's what we're about. And Rob also caught up with the Bromley defender and friend of the podcast, former Aldershot captain Callum Reynolds. Callum Reynolds, you came back to uh, Aldershot today, one of your former clubs that you'd skippered, and you got what you wanted—a clean sheet. Well, you got a game, didn't you? You got mm, to start a yeah. clean sheet and three points. Uh, good afternoon for you. Yeah, very good. It was um, last minute as well, so we went for pre-match. Um, and he, worked, he didn't name the subs till we got it because he said it was going to be a last-minute fitness test for Bushy. And then we got it and he said, yeah, you're in for him. So it was um, a nice surprise, yeah, to get on. And then, yeah, we get the clean sheet again. Probably made it a bit harder than it needed to be. Could have had a pen, but well, look, can't complain. Three clean sheets in a row um, away from home as well. Take that all day. And um, one of the things just discussed with uh, Andy Woodman was obviously he's got healthy competition for places. He said you've been champing at the bit to get in and you've given him something to think about. Now, one particular point of note I want to I wanna make out, I mean, you're a ball magnet. I, honestly, I cannot believe how many times a ball goes into an air and like who stood there, it's you. You just, it's something about reading the game, the positional sense and uh, that positional sense got your side out of a difficult moment in the first half where... A ball was played through um, and you came across brilliantly to cover for one of your defenders um, as they slightly misjudged it, but you were on hand. And that's a lot of what your game's about, isn't it? Reading the game and... Yeah, and, and definitely. Uh, I mean, Tuesday, I came on for the last 10, 10 minutes or so um, hold, just holding midfield. But again, I know where I want my players to be around me if I'm playing. Um, so yeah, and it's just reading the game comes with comes with experience, um, and it's not much couldn't get much more experience than uh, Webby next to me. So yeah, nice to play alongside him as well. Um, and yeah, it's like the gaffer talks about it. It's our foundations, it's clean sheets. Um, we're confident that we're always going to score. But look, you get a clean sheet away from him, you take the point um, and you move on from it. So, yeah, reading a game, um, yeah, it's definitely one of my strengths and allows me to play in probably one, one more than one position. But, I mean, what do you make of the start of this season? Obviously, from Bromley's point of view, not the best start, but now back-to-back wins um, and your seven points will have you in a healthy position in the table. But... Um, you know, clubs are struggling to put together back-to-back wings. No, nobody's got anything close to a hundred percent record mm. already. Um, big, big, big clubs and big sides coming into the league, and the likes of Oldham and Scunthorpe. This is bonkers as ever, isn't it? Definitely. Like you said, there's no one as strong. Two, three, four wins. Sometimes at the beginning of the season, I know when we were here, we mm. started on fire one year. Mm. Um, last year, Dagenham at the beginning of the season again started very well, um, taking maximum points for maybe three or four games, but also not being clear of anyone. Um, whereas at the minute, no one's taken full advantage, taken full points. And it's just every year it gets more and more competitive. I'd say the gap is getting smaller from the bottom half to the top. And then teams coming down, there's just... Mm. You hear it, I hear a lot of people say about it, sort of in League 2 teams from this level. And there's, not, there's really not a lot in it. So I think consistency is going to get you to the top um, this year. But... Yeah, eventful start. East Leaves, we mentioned they also had a 1-0 away at York. JJ McKernan 
with a goal there on at 42 minutes. John Askey called it a really poor performance and been a bit up and down so far for York, Dickie, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. They, they won on opening day uh, against Woking. I think that carried over a lot of that feel-good factor that they had at, at the end of last season. But um, yeah, they've um, two defeats since and, and one draw. I mean, the draw against Solihull Moors, you know, absolutely we have to give them credit for that one because, you know, to get a draw away at Solihull um, is a really, really good result. But yeah, they're, they're a defeat at Maids and then losing at home yesterday. Um it's funny, I actually got involved in a conversation with somebody from York City this morning on Twitter and they were saying that it felt a little bit flat yesterday when they arrived at the ground. And I suppose it's that thing of, you know, you get all that euphoria of getting um, promoted, particularly through the playoffs, you know, when it's that sort of like do or die scenario. Um, but, you know, when you get into the league above, inevitably it's going to be harder because you're taking that step up. Yes, they are still a full-time team. They were full-time last season. But you're facing tougher challenges week in, week out. You're not going to be getting as many wins as you were in National League North. Um, and it's going to take a little bit of time, you know. So, um, inevitably, I feel that we're going to be a little bit of a drop-off in that sort of feel-good around York. But, um yeah, they'll want to pick up a win again soon just to, you know, just cement in the minds of players, etc. that they're capable of competing in this division. Other games to look at. It was a dramatic day at Moss Lane. It was a late equaliser for Altrincham. They drew 2-2 against Yeovil. Eagley Kaya, who had a brief spell with Hampton and Richmond at the start of the season before moving to Altrincham was at AFC Wimbledon last season. He got a last-minute equaliser. Toby Malarkey had equalised Macaulay Lint. Malachi Linton's opener for Yeovil. Jimmy Chore had put him ahead on 70 minutes. Another good point away from home for Yeovil. The battle of the former ex-league clubs between Southend and Oldham. It finished in a 1-0 victory for Southend. Dan Mooney with a goal there. I know Oldham fans are pretty critical of John Sheridan and of the team. They feel like they need investment. But for Southend, it's been a pretty solid start, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um I think, obviously, people that read my blog and listen to what I do will know how much I love Dan Mooney. Um, so I'm not surprised he scored. Um, yeah, a good uh, a good performance for them. Um, I think Louis Lomas was in the back line for Southend yesterday, if I'm right. Yes, he was. Um, and uh, I'm not surprised that he's, they, you know, they're starting to get a couple of clean sheets now he's there because he was brilliant last year for Brackley. Um I've always fancied Southend to uh, be sort of the dark horse this year, and uh, I think they, uh, I think they will be. Yeah, and the other game, the final game to look at is a, a massive win for Dagenham and Redbridge. It's really catapulted them up the table. That a 28th minute goal from Paul McCallum as they saw off Maidenhead, and, and boy, did Daryl McMahon need that, Joe? Yeah, absolutely. He's been under you know, sort of pressure. Um, as I say pressure, it's very early days, but obviously the frustrations of last year of missing out on the playoffs and then their poor start to this season. And um, there were frustrations from their fans, um, but that's a good win for them. Obviously, you know, we know Paul McCallum, uh, if you get him chances, then he'll likely put them away. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't worry just yet, but uh, that certainly takes the weight off uh, McMahon's shoulders. So we're going to look at the National League South and joining us, we have a special guest, friend of the podcast, Slowtown midfielder, Scotty Davis. Hiya, Scotty. How are you? You okay? Very well, thank you. Um, before we get onto the team at the top, a good win for you guys yesterday away at Dulwich side who are going for the playoffs and you had to come from behind as well. 
yeah, I'll tell you what, we made hard work of it. Um, I don't know if it was, they were very, very good, to be fair, for 45 minutes and we weren't very good at all. Um, but our managers, uh, Bakes and Unders, I've never seen them react in the way they did at halftime yesterday. Um, I've been at the club on and off for four years and they gave us, gave us some home truths um, that we needed to hear at halftime and I've never seen them like that. Um, they were furious with... Everything we did in the game, I think our quality, our work rate, uh, decision-making, tempo, everything was just completely out of sync. Um, so second half, we needed a reaction and, and got one thanks to two um, trusty set pieces. So, yeah, it was a great win in the end. I was, I was, it always intrigues me. Like, why does that happen sometimes? You know, like as a team, it just doesn't click. To be fair, they were very, very good. Uh, they got bodies forward. They were a little bit unorthodox at times in terms of their movement. And it was quite hard to get to grips with it. Um, and to be fair to us, we always sort of try. There's one thing that Slough teams is that we're known for working hard. And I think we still worked hard, but probably not smart. Um, there's a massive difference in football between working hard and working smart. I think we needed to be a little bit more cute um, in terms of our decision making. Um, and we couldn't really get out of our half 45 minutes. Uh, we then conceded a cheap goal from a corner set piece that they've done before against us. Um, but this time they scored from it. I don't know if you've ever seen the one where a player walks over to the corner flag, rolls the ball out of the triangle, runs away. Another player runs over, takes the ball and dribbles it into the box. Um, I personally, we used to do it as, a, as um, kids at Reading in the youth team. Um, and I don't know whether it's karma because the team's done it to us yesterday and scored, but I always feel like it's a little bit of... Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's too sportsman's like, if that's the word. Um, I just think it's almost virgin on cheating. Um, but listen, they, they're good people down at Dulwich. They got one over us, on us yesterday with that set piece. And it seems to work. What's it like playing at Dulwich? Because I know they get big crowds there, don't they? It's like a, a fun day out for some people. But what's the atmosphere like? Is it is it an intimidating place to go? Um, do you know what? So I always think that Dulwich in our league is the best away day um, of the season. And I know our fans enjoy it as well. There was just over 2,000 there yesterday. But I think we played in front of 3,000 last um, last year when we were there, which was great. And it's such a lovely club, nice people um, from the managers to the players as well. I know a lot of the boys, really good club. And I always think, do you know what? It's a special place to play in the Conference South because it's different. It's not like one of these new build grounds that's plastic. Um, it is an old school ground that's quite tight. Um, the atmosphere isn't incredible because um, I think it's more of like a culture where you go there and have a pint and have some food. Um, it's not really diehard fans. Uh, we probably brought 120, 150 fans. You could hear them all afternoon. Um, the Dulwich fans don't really sing that much. But yeah, it's a really, really good club and it's definitely on the up. At the top of the division, it is absolutely they are. Four out of four so far, 100% record for them. And it was the usual suspects on the score sheet. Dominic Polian, Rakesh Bingham, Greg Kundal and Daryl McQueen. Uh, Norville Williams got a goal back, as did Kevin Locko. And Ollie Rowe was sent off for Farnborough. I know Dennis Kuchib said afterwards that Farnborough probably have deserved to win all their games so far. In fact, they've only won one, he said, and it's going to take a good team to beat them. Well, obviously, are a good team at the minute, aren't they? Are they your favourites to go up? I think uh, absolutely we're there and thereabouts. Um, but looking at the sort of top three, you're probably looking from absolute, um, haven't. Um, those those two teams for me probably stick out a little bit further than the rest. But then you're looking into the playoffs. Um, you could probably get 18 teams out of the 24 that fancy their chances. Everyone beats everyone in this league. I think it's like no other um, league that I've ever played in before. 
Um, yeah, just, I've just seen the little pop up there. Slough would be lovely in third, but I don't know if that's within our capabilities. Um, we're obviously setting our sights on to be as successful as possible. And if we can get in the playoffs, we've had a great season. But we've made some really good signings this summer as well. Um, sort of sprinkled it a little, a little bit more with a bit of quality, um, maybe which we've been missing over the last couple of years, that sort of X factor player as such so um yeah we're, hopefully we'll be there or thereabouts but I think we realize now that we need to go on a little bit of a run after yesterday and try and create some momentum um starting this Saturday yeah in second I haven't in Waterloo real they played Dover of course came down last season two goals for Mo Fowl and uh, also goals for Jake McCarthy and James Roberts Alfie Pavey got a goal back for Dover and then it was a consolation right at the end from Noah Carney. And haven't we said on this podcast, Scott, about it being a big season for Haven't? They've invested heavily, haven't they? And you feel like it's now or never for them this season. Yeah, we played them on the first game of the season and uh, we got beat 3-1. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I thought they were very good on the day. Uh, yet again, we weren't up to our usual standards. Um we're kind of their bogey team. We beat them three times last year, twice in the league and then once in the um, FA Trophy as well. So we fancied our chances, but they've improved, um, I think, uh, since last season. Obviously, signing people like um, Mo Fowle from Enfield, um, who scored about 300 goals in the last two seasons. So when you can go out and sign players like that, it just shows um, the difference, I guess, in um, the wage structure and things like that at the clubs. We can't afford to go and get a, a 45 goal a season striker from the league below. Um, but haven't have got a bit of everything. I think they've got experience, uh, they've got quality, they've got legs. Um, and I'll expect them to be right up there because I think this season is, um, I'm not going to say make or break because I'm sure Paul Doswell has got more than just one season left. But I think they've really recruited well and they look good. Um, but it's like you say, I think anyone in this league could go there, cause an upset because um, this league is just like no other. It's, it's like you said there, um, obviously, with the quality, the strength and depth of options. You know, they, I said at the start of the season, they got two good strikers in Jason Pryor and, and Danny Wright. And then to bring in someone of Mo Fowl's quality as well to, you know, sort of come off the bench and start the odd game here and there. I mean, that's uh, such a luxury of options up front. Yeah, I think Jason Pryor for me has got to be in the top two, three best strikers in the league, arguably the best striker in the league. Um, he's their real focal point. They play everything into him, off him. Uh, the ball sticks. He allows them to get up the pitch. Um, and he's done it for years in this league. Every time he's been promoted, he just sort of drops back down to the conference south. I believe it's because of work um, commitments that he doesn't want to go sort of full-time or do the travelling in the National League. Um, but it's like I said, when you've got him, uh, Danny Wright, You've got Mo Fowle, you've got James Roberts as well. It's a, um, a great attacking player who I played with when he was younger. Um, they've got so much strength and depth. And that's not saying that they're better than the players that I play with at Slough. Um, that's for sure. I was going to say, we've got two great strikers at the moment in Ben Harris and Elliot Benyon that have done it for a long time in this league and the league above um, Elliot himself. So, um, yeah, they've just got so much more to their ammunition in terms of options. If we get an injury, we're pretty light, um, but they've always got one or two players that can go and replace um, anyone else in their team. Dover, Scott, I mean, they've had a tough start, haven't they? I don't think they've, the results have kind of mirrored the performances. By all accounts, they've done, they've done quite well, haven't they? And of course, they had a shocking season last season. They're down in 18th. A lot of people expect them to struggle, but you look at the fixtures so far and when you've got the likes of Alfie Pavey up front, they've got a chance, haven't they? 
I'll be honest with you, when I saw Dover come down, I looked at them as a um, title challenger because I thought they've got the the club, um, they've got the fan base still, I believe, um, which is probably bigger than most of the other teams in the league. Some of the players that they signed, um, some of the players that I knew that they had on trial there in the summer as well were, were very good players. So I didn't think at any point they were going to struggle and I'm sure um, they'll climb the table. I expect them to be in, in and around challenging for the playoffs for sure. Um, obviously a big, big club. They've been through some tough times and it might take them a season um, to sort of get settled and go again. But I expect them to improve. Um, but it's like you say, you can't judge the league over a four-game period. There's a lot of football left to play. Um, but it's always nice to get those three points on the board because we were looking yesterday ourselves. If we'd have only taken one point from 12, um, it would have been a horrific start for um, four games where three out of the four we've played quite well. Um so, yeah, that's football for you. Sometimes it obviously comes back to bite you, but I'm sure Dover will be there or thereabouts. Worthing a, a surprising third day, due nil-nil with Chippenham, who, of course, only played their second game of the season. But Worthing have started the season really well, haven't they, Scott? Is that a surprise for you? Do you know what? I played against Worthing um, when I went to Kingstonian for three games a couple of years ago, and they were in the Ryman Prem at the time. And they were just so young, um, lots of movement, rotation, a lot of good quality, great football inside. And I'll be honest with you, I've been, be honest with you, I was completely shocked at how good they were because I'd never really come across them before. Um, Adam Hinchelwood, the manager, is one of my old teammates at Wickham. Um, I was with him there for a, a few months, and I know they play liquid football. They play a great brand of football, and that kind of surprised me because when I played with Hinch, he was a bit more uh, head it, kick it, clear your lines. Um, but he's doing unbelievably great things down there. I know Jake Robinson um, obviously started the season well, and I believe he's injured now for a, a long period of time. Um, but Jake in, in himself, to sign a player like that, is always going to get you 20-plus goals a season. Um, and they're like gold dust in that league. So I think the 3G pitch helps them as well. Uh, they're used to playing at their home ground. I don't think many teams will go there and pick up three points. So I think they could be uh, this year's surprise package, to be honest. Yeah, there's another uh, surprise package in terms of your old club, Chelmsford. There's a lot of off-field turmoil at the minute, um, but they've got off to a good start. They beat Weymouth by three goals to one. We'll get onto Weymouth shortly in their woes because that's four defeats out of four now. But uh, a really good start for Chelmsford. Two goals from Tom Blackwell yesterday. And I suppose it's difficult for the players with everything that's going on at the minute for them, but they've done well to just knuckle down and, and get on with it, haven't they? Do you know what Chelmsford will always have a chance because um, the people down there are really good people in terms of Robbie and Mickey. I know them well. I know Glenn, the analyst, Danny, the goalkeeping coach um, from when I was there. And I think that they'll give 100%. Um, they'll be brilliant in terms of what they do, the information they give to the players. We played them Tuesday night and for 15 minutes, um, we didn't really, um, we weren't really at the races. And then for 75 minutes, we absolutely um, ambushed them. We couldn't score, uh, could have scored six or seven on another night and end up losing 2-0. So I think in terms of football, um, getting three points yesterday when we weren't at our best, um, whereas Tuesday night is probably the best performance we've had in years at Slough. We come away losing 2-0. It kind of evens itself out. But yeah, Chelmsford have got a good group down there. Some really good young players that I'd not seen this season um, until Tuesday. And um, really, really good young footballers uh, they've got coming through from the academy, which I know the assistant manager, Mickey Spillan, um, he runs it. So I think there's a good pathway there now for young players. 
For Weymouth, though, it's the, the first time they've lost the opening four games of a league season since 1908-1909. That's 114 years ago. First time they conceded three-plus goals in four consecutive games since 2009. That's thanks to Duncan Gardner, who's Terra Statman on Twitter. And he says, I'm one or two games away from real panic setting in. He says, can we really compete in this league with hardly any players taller than six foot and none over 27 years of age? How, how do you see it? Because... I know Weymouth came down, they lost a lot of players and you can get into that rock, can't you, in a way, Scott? Yeah, of course you can. When you're used to losing um, the majority of your matches the season before, it's really hard to change that mindset, regardless of which league you go into. Um, David Oldfield's an absolutely brilliant guy. Um, I've met him a few occasions and had some good chats with him, so hopefully he does turn it around because um, I think he's a really good football person. Um, I know a few players that have been on trial at Weymouth this year and I know that finances and stuff might be a little bit tight. I believe there's been a change of chairman in the last couple of weeks as well. Um, but Weymouth, when they came down, I actually thought, you know what, I don't didn't want them to come down because I thought that there'd be another um, club that would be there or thereabouts in terms of challenging. They always play a nice brand of football, um, get a good crowd um, and they seem to get really good young players. I know the Bournemouth link that they've got. Um, they use a lot of Bournemouth players on loan. But having players under the age of 27 in the Conference South, for me, you'll do very well to be successful. I look at Maidenhead that went up a few years ago, a team full of men, Sutton, a team full of men, uh, Maidstone last year, Dorking, uh, their back three, for example. Um, it's really, really tough. It's a physical league. Um, so to have a team under the age of 27, for me, um, I don't want to call it a mistake, but I think it's on the way to being a mistake for sure. Joe, I know we'll both think uh, Weymouth are going to struggle, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I would agree that it is a mistake. Um, I think uh, the players that he's brought in, I don't think are good enough. Um, Scott said there that you need, you know, you need good characters, you know, experienced pros that are going to get you through that difficult away game and stand up to the the physicality of the league. Um, I know a couple of players that they've signed during the summer, obviously Matt Boost that used to be at Torquay um, that I've obviously seen and um, Keelan O'Connell on loan from Torquay. And, you know, they're, they're good players, but are they strong enough? Are they experienced enough? I would say no. And when you've got a spine that's relying on those types of players, I, I do, I do think they'll struggle. Um, David Oldford's obviously done okay at Oxford, but, you know, when he was at Oxford, he had a really, really good spine of players. You know, he had Ashby in the midfield and Harvey Bradbury up front. You know, big players that can get you through games. But he doesn't have that at Weymouth. So I, I think it will be tough. Four of the teams on seven points along with Chelmsford. They are well in Tunbridge and Concord. Bath and Welling all had good wins. Wellings were dramatic. They came from 2-0 down away at Hemel Hempstead. Steph Payne, who we know has got experience in the division above, he got two goals there. He also had Omolele set off, uh, sent off towards the end. Bath beat Braintree by three goals to one. Tombridge and Concord both had heavy defeats. Tombridge lost 4-1 at home to Hampton and Richmond Borough. Uh, I saw a Hampton and Richmond Borough fan say it's one of the best performances they've ever seen by their side. And Concord lost 5-0 away at Oxford City. And you feel, Scott, that Tombridge and Concord are the ones who will probably slip down the table. Oxford City have started off slow, I've had Dartford, and you feel that they'll move up into the playoff places. Yeah, we played Tombridge uh, a couple of weeks ago when it was that hot weekend, about a million degrees. Um, it was pretty uh, slow game of football, obviously, because of the heat. 
Um, we dominated the game for large periods um, and conceded a, a late penalty, which got them back in the game. Um, but they seem to have improved again um, from from last season. I know Jay Saunders has signed some good players. Um, they've got a lot of men in their team as well. You look at their sort of backline um, experience, people like Sonny, uh, Sonny and uh, Tommy Parkinson, people like that. So I don't think um, I don't think they're they'll be struggling as much as they were last year. It's going to be a um, a massive shootout, I think, in terms of who's going to be in and around that bottom four. Um, I think Christmas period is always the time where you look at and think, can we get ourselves on a good points total by Christmas? Uh, that's what we always look at, um, just to try and steer yourself away, away from relegation. Bath's team, for example, um, I think they've got one of the best squads in the league. I think the strength and depth that they've got is quite incredible. I've just had one of my old teammates tweet me about half an hour ago, Chris Lyons, um, who's gone down there now. Uh, we're playing them next Monday. And I look at people, the calibre like Linesy, uh, Cody Cook up front. Um, they've got so many good players that you could argue maybe should be playing higher. So I think Bath, if they get it right this year, I think they could be a team that would go about their business quietly and, and get into the playoffs. I was surprised to see Femi Akin Wanda leave Tombridge this week. Um, not really sure what happened there, but um, I thought he would have been a guarantee of goals. Yeah, I don't really know what's happened. He played against us um, and then they obviously went and beat Dover away on the Tuesday night. Um, so they were going well until yesterday. So I'm guessing something's obviously happened. Um, I don't want to comment on something I don't know. Um, but you don't leave a club after starting pretty well, I guess. Um, that's so early on in the season. Um, but I'm sure he'll be snapped up. He's obviously a, a strong boy. He's powerful, physical, um, got ability with the ball at his feet as well. So... He'll have a new club, um, I'm sure, by the end of this week because um, he's yeah, he's definitely got talent. And Tartan, they got their first win of the season over Dartford. As we mentioned, Dartford, a bit of a slow start for them, Scott, but can you see them being up there, challenging with Haven and Ebbsfleet? Uh, do you know what? Dartford last year, when we played them a couple of games before the end of the season, I think it was, they beat us 6-0, I think, at home. And it was like playing against Barcelona. I thought they were that good. Uh, we made a few we made a few changes that day. Um, end of the season, not much to play for. But I thought Dartford were exceptional on a day. Uh, but they've obviously gone on to lose a few players of that team since. Um, I think Jeb gets some ticket in midfield, who was who was brilliant that day. Um, I think he's a big loss. Um, but I look at Dartford and think, yeah, great side, one of the best squads in the league, so many good players. Um, but the brand of football they played last year, I think, was always going to last for so long and when the pitches get bad in this league it's really difficult to go to Concord away go to Hungerford away and, and keep that style of play um, so they obviously came unstuck but when, when we played them and they got into the playoffs I thought they're the team to beat but I think it was chipping and beating them on penalties in the end um, so yeah I was quite surprised but Dartford have got everything in their power to go and win the league for sure even from this stage um, they've got the quality That's there's no doubt about that Joe I know you made a prediction about uh, Hemel Hempstead at the start of the season didn't you? Yeah, I, I said that they would be uh, sort of mid-table. I think that um, I do like their manager. Um, I think Jones is a, a really, really good manager at this level. Um, although uh, I think what you're alluding to is the, uh, I said at the start of the season that Jordan Greenidge wouldn't get uh, Hemel goals um, from what I saw from his last two spells. And he's scored in every single match so far. Um, so, yeah, if you want any more predictions, then... Uh, Come back to me, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? I know their manager really well. Um, he used to play with my dad, actually. So I've known him since I was about five years old. 
and he wouldn't have been happy yesterday. I know being 2-0 up and then obviously conceding three goals, was it in about five or eight minutes or something? Five um, minutes, yeah. yeah, in five minutes. So I know he'd have been absolutely furious with that. Um, but he's a he's a very, very um, tactically minded manager. He's good at what he does and great bloke as well. So I'm sure uh, he'll uh, have another good season with Hemel because he's got all the credentials to do well, Jonah. Are you surprised that Eastbourne start, Scott? They're in the bottom four. Of course, they were in the playoffs last year. They lost 2-0 at Hungerford, a good win for Hungerford. But Eastbourne with a slow start to the season. Yeah, Eastbourne are a funny team. Um, we've always had tight games against them. And then last year, I think they I think they might have beaten us on both occasions. Um, they had a season out of the blue where no one expected it. I think they recruited really well. Charlie Kendall for them was massive, though. Um, absolutely massive. He got a hat-trick against us down at their place. I think he scored another one at our place um, and he was difficult to difficult to defend against. He had so much pace and he was clever. And I think replacing 24, 25 goals, whatever he got is really tough. When you take that amount of goals out of the team, um, it's going to obviously have an impact uh, on your form, where you are in the league and stuff. And if they struggle to replace him, then um, I think they'll be sort of middle of the road. But if they do find someone to put the ball in the back of the net, then they'll definitely be up there for sure because they've got um, some good players, especially going forward. Um, I always think uh, Charlie Walker does well for them. Good player. Uh, Welkdale. Yeah, they've got some very, very good players going forward. But I think most teams in this league have. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a roller coaster of emotions. And the final games is Chesson against St Albans. Sean Jeff is finally off the mark for the season. His two goals got three points for St Albans. Chesson are in the bottom four. But the newly promoted teams have made a fist of it to start the season, haven't they, so far? Yeah, I don't think there's massive difference between um, the Ryman Premier League Conference South. I don't think going in from the Conference South to the National League, take away the attendances and the size of the grounds, I think most clubs will be able to hold their own. I always say going up and getting promoted is the tough thing. The easiest part is staying there. Um, obviously, you've got to be one out of the best 24 teams to get promoted or win the playoffs out of six teams. But being able to be the 20th worst team in the league and stay up is the easy part. So um, I always think to myself that there's not much difference from the teams that do come up and they think they've got nothing to lose. Um, find a way in which they can play, which will suit them um, to get results. Sometimes make it horrible, make it ugly. Um, and it's like you say, sometimes teams don't feel like they have the right to be in the league. Um, so every every game for them is like a cup final and there's no easy games. We've got Chesson this Saturday at home. Um and most people would look at that and think, oh, Slough's record at home is quite good. It's it's a three points. We don't see it like that because um, we know that a lot of their players that they've got, I know are good players. Um, and we'll obviously be going into that, hopefully get three points, build momentum. But there's no givens, that's for sure. Brilliant. Well, cheers, Scott. I'm sure we'll get you on at some time in the rest of the season. And, and best of luck. And thanks for coming on. No, thanks, guys. Next time we win, give us a shout. So next Sunday. So we're going to look at the National League North and joining us, we have got Scarborough FC's This Is The Coast FM's commentator, Ant Taylor. Hello, Ant. Hi there, Luke. How are you? Very well. We go back a few years, but I know uh, you're in a division higher now and you're loving life, aren't you? What a result at Fylde. Yeah, yeah. It was a really, uh, really good. Well, it, for, for a full 90 minutes, it was really good. For the first 45 minutes, it was, uh, you, know, dom- you know, we dominated them in the first half and then Second half, it was just trying to clear it all up. Fylde was still trying to, you know, pepper us with um, all sorts of shots. Cracknell was coming out with some amazing saves. We were unfortunate to get the sending off with uh, Ashley Jackson, but 
even down to 10 men, you know, we looked strong and um, we could have um, got um, a goal, uh, you know, a couple of times in that second half as well, but we just kept it professional and, and obviously John and his game management took it really nice and, um, you know, we come away with a clean sheet from um, what would be, um, you know, a tough fixture for everyone else in the, probably everyone's favourites to go up. It's Not mad. It's been a cracking start for you. Look at the fixture list and you've had such a tough start with the fixtures, but you've done yeah. really well, haven't you? And I remember saying to you when you sent us there, when you, you went, oh, you've got a tough start. And I went, it's not about the start, it's how we finish, like we did last season. But yeah, um, Brackley, we, we kind of met, matched them for about 85 minutes. It was just the five minutes just after the second half. Um, we kind of lost our heads. Um, Hereford, that you know, give us a good battle. Um, and they were fortunate to give us our first goal with an own goal from um, Haynes. Um, but um, obviously we had Ashley Jackson, you know, he got most of our assists last season from long throws and that that's done them there. And um, obviously Bradford Park Avenue was probably the most stickiest one. And I mean, if you asked every Scarborough fan, um, they would be, that would be the match that they said they'd probably definitely get three points early to come away from a point from that. Bradford just really, they wouldn't let a string passes together. They really held themselves well. And obviously they got that um, that lob six minutes into it, which um, has been, you know, an amazing goal to um, to see. Um, but then obviously we're all also a team that never gives up really. And we, we thought there was something still in this. And uh, Dom Tier come on um, and got two, two excellent goals. We nearly nicked it at the end as well to win it 3-2, but two all it's done. But the... Um, out of all of the games, they've been entertaining. We've stuck to our game plan, um, and uh, you know we've done our we've done all right. And you know at the moment we sit fifth. Yeah, your home form. You've not been beaten at home since February, have you? So your home form's going to be key for you, I think, this season, isn't it? Yeah, if you look back of it, we haven't been beaten since November last year at home. Obviously, I might be cursing this now. November, so not. yeah, not February. It's even further back, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was Atherton. Um, Coles beat us one nil. It's um, it's been interesting. You're proving a lot of people wrong at the minute. A lot of people tip you to go down. I must admit, I didn't tip you to go down because I've seen you at home and I know what it's like going up there. It's a, it's a tough place to go. But I think two of the people sat in front of you, looking at you now, and predict, have predicted you to go down. <laughs> oh well, well that, that's what it is. I think it, 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 you know, that's team talk, isn't it? You know, um, before it started, I, I've seen a lot of uh, bet companies. We're putting his down favourites to go to go down. I kind of it kind of winded up some of the fan base here, and and I think even some of the players because uh, I think the fixture um, for Scarborough winning yesterday was nine to one, and I think uh, Michael Coulson, who came out with the two goals, even referenced it over on Twitter about the odds of Scarborough beating AFC Files. So um, you know it it must be doing something to the team just seeing things like that where people think. You know, we're, we're, we're coming up and I'm a bit, you know, we've come up from another league and it's a league we've technically never been in. And I can see where people might do that. Um, but obviously it's different teams. And you look at Banbury, you know, they've come up. Peterborough Sports um, are, are doing quite well as well. So the, the new boys are, are really, you know, proving themselves, it, you know, that they, they deserve to be in that league. And they're obviously in the Northern Premier League, You've, you've got Mask United um, sitting on top at the moment as well. So, obviously, the new boys are, um, you know, in each league, are, 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 you know, doing what they're needing to do to stay up, get these points in, and then just see what, you know, come in the end, end of the season. 
Have you noticed a difference uh, in step up in class so far? Yes, I have. I've uh, I've, I've seen a step up in the dark arts as well. Um, I, I think we've not been adjusted to it as well. There's been a few things. That, I think it's mainly the Bradford Park Avenue one. Uh, I'd seen a few things that they got. We we got free kicks against, but then when you see the same happening and it, it, the ref didn't see it, kind of thing. So. I think we do need to work on it, but you, you can see the, the, the difference in between you know the skill and the technique, and even the tactics and that. Um, but uh, you know we're, we're we're still adjusting. Every every game, you know, it's going to be a big game for us, and it's going to be a learning curve as well. And you know, just take what points we can, and uh, just you just try and get above that relegation. I mean, that's what we need to do this season. I think. Uh, I mean, we're, we're going to come on to the rest of the north shortly, but yeah, I mean, I think there's three of the promoted clubs um, that are in the top seven at the moment. And yeah, admittedly, it's only after four games, but you bring a winning mentality with you. You're talking about the last time you got beat being however long ago. And, you know, Scarborough have come into this division with a winning mentality. Whereas, you know, for example, my own club Telford, we were mm. battling to stay up last season, you know, draws were victories in, in, in the way they felt to us. Um, and it is very hard to turn that around. So that's a, a clearly a big thing in your favour, but in the likes of Banbury and Peter as well, in that you're, you're used to winning. And when you do lose a game, it's not such a big setback perhaps, or, or it doesn't, the fans don't immediately sort of like go, oh no, more of the same, because you, you, you're actually used to get, you know, getting three points more often than not. Yeah, no, that's no, true. Obviously, you know, you, you, we, I've got to be honest, I never thought of it like that, really. But when you looked at it back in the last season, even in the playoffs, you, you know, we like got Warrington in the final, you're thinking, oh, they're always going to, you know, do us over and that, the big, the bigger, stronger guys. And then to coming out, winning that and then getting promotion, you know, every, every game you're thinking, well, I was thinking, oh, this this could be the game where, where we mess it up and that. But, we, we've just kept going at it. And yeah, it, it, you know, we've got the back on that, uh, the winning mentality, like you said, and just got to ride that however long it, it's going to go. But like Luke says, I think uh, what's going to do us is, is keeping that fortress over at the Flamingo Land Stadium and um, keeping them home games in, and then points ticking over. Leave the opposition like with just one leg to stand on. What, sorry? I said leave the opposition with just one leg to stand on at the Flamingo Land, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Dickie's looking forward to coming up and seeing uh, the donkeys watching the game as well because your ground's right next to Donkey <laughs> Hill isn't it yeah yeah I know you've nicknamed it Donkey Hill uh, and I um, obviously in the um, playoff game we had scaffolding there because we had so many fans outside someone actually brought scaffolding so they can get a height advantage but um, I, I've got to be honest I ain't seen the donkeys yet um, this season so I don't I don't know if uh, they they move them away because obviously there's a lot more fans going to to the games and that maybe it's disturbing them. But yeah, it, there is a photo somewhere of a donkey looking over one of the fences, but I, I just can't find it anymore. But um, yeah, the, there's it, a horse at Lemington as well. There's a there's a there's a horse in the field next to Lemington who famously gets photographed. So I know there's the non-league dogs Twitter account. Perhaps we need a non-league horses one. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Obviously, no dogs are allowed in at the uh, Flamingo Land Stadium, apart from sea dogs. So, um, oh, very good. Uh, <laughs> Brill, well, cheers for joining us, Ant, and uh, I'm sure I'll see you at a game 
sometime this season. Somewhere down the line, yeah. All the rest to hide. So in the rest of the National League North, it, we mentioned Ebsley having a 100% record. It's the same for Kingsland, isn't it, Dickie? And it's fair to say they dismantled your Telford side. Yeah, they did. Uh, it, it took them a while to um, uh, unlock the back door at Telford yesterday, but when they did, um, they then sort of took us apart fairly ruthlessly in the final half an hour. Um, fairly close in the first half, I have to say, although you could tell King, uh, Kingsley were coming on stronger towards the end of the half. But yeah, an hour in, uh, Jordan Ponticelli profited from... Um, it, it, it wasn't... Um, it looked like an offside call at the time. It wasn't it. The ball had come off on a Telford zone players and played Ponticelli in. Lovely finish. Within the space of a few minutes, he'd made it 2-0. Um, and yeah, they just stretched away from us in the, at the end of the game. Tyler Denton um, tapped in or, or poked in when a corner wasn't cleared fairly late on. And then, yeah, Telford goalkeeper Luke Pilling had a bit of a nightmare on the fourth goal. Um, I did remark at the time that it's a good job it wasn't nil-nil at the time because he probably... You know, if that had been the goal that it cost you, you would have been um, livid, really. Um, but already 3-0 down, he, he a clearance went straight to Michael Clune and then he lofted it into the net from 25 yards. So, yeah, very efficient from Kingsley and they look like a very good outfit. I think you could tell um, that they are full-time still in this division, which is going to make such a big difference for them. And yeah, four out of four. So it was a very happy manager, Tommy Widrington, that I spoke to after the game. Clearly in a fairly good mood after that. Yeah, I mean, listen, our sole objective is to come away for a moment and try and win a football match. If we don't win it, we don't want to lose it. Um, at half-time, I was really clear and calm in my, in my direction for the guys. We were getting there. I could see we were improving as the game went on, and they had a really good start, to be fair, to, the, to, to Cards and these lads. Um, and our goalie made a great save to keep us at nil-nil very early, but then I just thought we started going through with gears a little bit, and I thought we should have been a little bit more attentive on one or two occasions and we might have went ahead just before the break but for them for us to come out and slot straight back into the gear that we were in when we went off <clears throat> was really pleasing and um, it, like I said to people who read your paper I will say 4-0 it's an easy win it's not it's it's a hard fought good win I mean we've, we've stretched away at the end because we scored another couple of goals but the work we put in to get the, get us noses in front then the game opens up for us and we well, I thought we used the pitch which was excellent really well yeah we could see you coming into it you know later yeah. on in that first half in that it was pretty even for the first 20-25 minutes and then you just started to have a bit more possession and finding your way in that final third a bit better that's right I mean I thought for a guy who's 39 I thought Carl Baker had far too much influence on the game in the first 10 or 15 minutes but that's what comes with class he's a good player so from that point of view he was my biggest worry if I'm, not, if I'm honest um, I thought we dealt with the big big guy up the front well with three centre-offs were very committed in the, in the challenges and stuff and it was a good it was a good game I thought it was you know if they'd have scored first we'd have had to do double double work really to get the bang but because we got ourselves in front I think we relaxed as a group and I thought one or two of my lads had outstanding individual games but the team just looked like they, were, they knew what they were doing and, that, and that's really good I, it sounds like I've been shouting and bowling but I haven't so <laughs> so that's that's really pleasing and you, you preserved your, uh, the league's only 100% record now so I mean that, that kind of brings a, a little bit of a pressure in itself does it to, to keep that going Pressure is what pressure is, mate. I don't put pressure on myself. I don't put pressure on the lads. We we go out and try and win every football match we play. If we can't win, we try not to lose. And at the moment, we're, we're going along really nicely, and it's great. But I never judge what we can do by the by the thoughts or the or the ramblings of others and, and media included. But um, we know what, what we're what we're trying to do. 
and at the moment everything's fitting into place really nicely. You had a really good go, you know, at staying in the division above when you came in. You know, it was, you know, you took it pretty much late on in the season when it didn't look like that was going to happen at one point. Yeah. Has, has that set you up for for this start to the season? Do you think? Well, I think the, the lads who've stayed with me from that division and the ones we've brought in and added to the group. The first thing I say there that the recruitment and the people who do the recruitment with me here have done a really good job in getting right, the right characters. Um, but the lads, there's the mentality here now is very different to what it was when I arrived, definitely. But then there's a lot of different faces. So, but the ones who were on the bus before me have jumped off that one and got on mine, if you like. So from that point of view, I'm really pleased with the way they've taken to our methods as a staff. And, and it's not just me, it's, you know, there's, there's Husey and Hugo with me. And they all, we all play our part. You know, I'm just a bloke with a name on the door. Excellent. I hope we didn't tell you my prediction, Dickie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd forgotten all about that, actually. But no, he was, um, I don't think he was under any illusions, you know, I mean, we spoke about the start that they'd made and I listened into some of the rest of the other press conference he did before he and I got to speak and he was very much reiterating that those lines that you know this is a marathon not a sprint yes it's a great start but there's still another 42 games to go um but yeah it, it's a terrific start for Kings Lynn and 100% um after four games you know everybody would want that you think it helps that they've got a settled squad? They've got a lot of the team that were in the National League, certainly towards the back end of last season, haven't they? You would think so, yes. And, and you know, and I, I, you heard, I think, when I spoke to him there, that, you know, I put it to him that, that they fought so hard to try and stay in the National League, um, that he, he, whether that sort of like just forged, a, 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 you know, a team spirit and bonded them together. Um, and they've just been able to pick that up and, and go again, which, you know, all credit to them. It's not, you know, we look in other divisions, we see Weymouth have gone down and in the South and Weymouth have lost four out of four. So it's not mm-hmm. easy just because you are, you know, dropping down to supposedly an easier level doesn't necessarily follow that you're going to all of a sudden pick it up and start winning games again. Um, so, yeah, all credit to them and they do look a good outfit. Well, we talked there to Anne about Scarborough's great start to the season. They're in fifth. In second and third, two other new promoted sides, Bambury and Peterborough Sports. Yes, I know. And 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 both going terrifically well. I mean, I suppose Banbury, how, how many times do we say that, you know, they won the, the, the Southern Prem Central by something like 20 points. So again, evidence of that, you know, that winning mentality. Yes, they've lost a player or two, um, but Andy Wings clearly, um, you know, his side are, are not fearing anybody in this division. They went and got a 2-1 win at Darlington yesterday, which won't be the easiest of places to go this season. Jack Lambert did put Darlington ahead. But yeah, then two goals from Morgan Roberts um, uh, gave them the points to take all the way back down south. I mean, it's a long journey. We've spoken about that. Um, and we've spoken about Banbury turning you know, their own ground into a fortress. But yeah, terrific three points on the road for them. Peterborough Sports, they were at home. Uh, they were at home against Chester. Um, and again, a, a really good win for them. Again, two goals from Jordan Nicholson, a Michael Gash penalty. Um, they were 2 0 up. Adam Thomas and Declan Weeks did pull it back to two each for Chester, but Nicholson got the winner just after the hour. And another really good result for them. We had Grant Biddle on the other week. I'm sure he's um, enjoying his Sunday off the back of that result. Yeah, and Joe, quick one. We, we did fear for Bambury losing Chris Ray, didn't we, to Southend, but it doesn't seem to have affected him. 
No, I mean, they've come up and, uh, you know, just, uh, as Sticky said, playing with that confidence and, you know, finding new ways to score. Obviously, Morgan Roberts is uh, a good player, um, formerly of Northampton. He's, a, you know, a, a real good talent. Um, and I think he got a couple of goals yesterday. Um, so, yeah, um, obviously, they've managed to uh, keep going from where they were last year. And it doesn't look like at the moment that uh, losing Ray is a, a problem. In fourth place at Hereford, I know after they lost to... Scarborough a week ago, there was some mutterings over Josh Gowling on the Hereford Forum, but they responded with a 1-0 win midweek in Ch- against Chester, as you heard in our midweek podcast. What a goal by Luke Haynes, by the way, if you get a chance to check it out. And then they had a good 2-0 win over Buxton on Saturday. Yeah, they did. Um, Haynes on target again and Harry Pinchard in the second half, um, a 2-0 win. That is a good result because, you know, I didn't make any secret of the fact that I thought Buxton were perhaps the best equipped side of the promoted sides coming up. They're not finding it quite um, as easy at the moment. I mean, just having a quick look at their record, they've got, um, well, they were beaten going into yesterday. They do have two draws and one victory. It is a first loss um, for Buxton. But yeah, Hereford, uh, they lost a couple of important players that Tom Owen Evans was very important for them. Um, but yeah, they, they, They've picked up um, where they left off, and I say they they were um, defeated at Scarborough on that away day. But Hereford, they they're going to be a competitive side in this division again. Obviously, you know, and a win at Chester in midweek was a, a great result for them. That um, battle of the teams from either side or along the the, the English border, um, and yeah, great stuff for for Josh Gowling in sixth place at Kidderminster. And- I'm surprised to see him up there. It seems like a funny old start for Kidderminster. They've had two last-minute winners, haven't they? Um, sandwiched between the defeat and the draw, yet they're in the playoff places. Yes, they are. I mean, you know, it sounded as if it was a pretty poor game against Bradford Park Avenue yesterday. Uh, it was settled 1-0 by uh, another fairly late goal from Zach Brown, third minute of injury time. Um and they'd got beaten at home in midweek by Curzon Ashton as well for Curzon Ashton's first victory, which I can't imagine, um, you know, was the result that Kidderminster Harrier fans would have been expecting to see. I, I just kind of look at the, 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 the turnover of players at Kidderminster and the fact that Austin left and Bajrami left, and they have got to try and bed in a few new players. So I don't think Kidderminster will be far away um, at come the end of the season but you know they might just have to tolerate a little bit of inconsistency at the start whilst you know they, they bed in some of these new players to the system Ross Penn wants to play Yeah Alfton in the last playoff spot there on six points as a Spennymore Gloucester Curzon filed and South Alfton and Spennymore drawn all their games up until Saturday but both got good wins didn't they? Yeah, they did. And Alfreton um, handed out a thumping to Southport, which um, I, I perhaps wouldn't have expected. I expected a, um, a bit of a, ro- a robust game yesterday between those two sides, let's be honest. Um, but yeah, Alfreton sounds like they had this one wrapped up by halftime. Bailey Hobson on target. Dale Southwell and Fraser Preston have made it 3-0 at halftime. Southwell added another after the break. Um you know, inconsistent for Southport there. You know, they went and won 5-3 at Boston um, on the opening day. And I think they won in midweek um, last week, as far as I can remember. But yeah, to to, to crash 4-0 at Alfreton isn't what Liam Watson would have been looking for, um, for certain. Yes, yeah, Spennymore, 
they got a 1-0 win uh, at Leamington, uh, Jude Oibo with a goal there. It's been a little bit of a, a low-key start for Spennymore, dare I say, but maybe that's kind of what they would like. You know, they, they've, they've, they've slipped a little bit from being what I would have viewed as almost like playoff certainties over the last two or three seasons. It was... The club's going through a period of change, absolutely, with Johnson and Morley in charge there now. And, you know, you had Jason Ainsley stepping away, who was such an important figure in their eyes. Tommy Miller um, only made it through to December before um, he stepped aside. So there is a transition going on at Spennymoor, but... um, yeah, results like that one yesterday keep them in touch with the the top, and it's just really early at the moment, isn't it, to be reading too much into results? Yeah, and I'm guessing to be singing "Hey Jude" after that as well, won't they? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the singing voices are like actually. Um, having I have spoken to to Jono, but never asked him to sing. I think it'd be quite a brave man to ask him to sing <laughs> in one of his post match interviews. It, funny. So the teams below him, as I mentioned, Gloucester, Curzon are there as well, and Southport. Funny results for them. And Curzon won 1-0 against Kettering. Gloucester, they haven't won away from home yet. They've been good at home, but not so good away from home. They lost 2-0 at Graham in Fenton, a Graham Fenton-inspired Blyde Spartans. Yes, um, Graham Fenton's come in as the manager um, of Blyde Spartans after Terry Mitchell departed after just one game. On the face of it, I think this is, looks like a really, really good appointment for, for Blyde Spartans. He's had terrific success in the North East, admittedly, at, at lower levels with North Shields and then um, switching to the other side of the Tyne and South Shields. You'll know him well from his time there, um, Luke. And obviously, he... he um, he did end up leaving his job at South Shields last season when they decided they needed to shake things up. They brought in Kevin Phillips. Um, um, and now, uh, you know, he's he's taken over at Bly Spartans where he, he did uh, have a spell as a player in the past. So he, it's, you know, he's not unfamiliar with the club. Really great start for him yesterday as well, you know, against Gloucester. Gloucester have been showing, um, you know, some promise in these um, early Stages of the season, I think they had a good win over Peterborough Sports in midweek, uh, three goals to one. But um, that's a long old haul from Gloucester up to to Blythe. They might have been more optimistic about getting something from it, but obviously some new manager bounce for Blythe. And uh, yeah, pretty miserable trip back down um, to to Gloucestershire for for, uh, Lee Mansell's men last night. It's all the bees at the bottom. Bradford, we've already mentioned, lost to Kidderminster. Telford are in fourth bottom. We've touched on them. Surprisingly down there still, Brackley and Boston both had really heavy defeats at home, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Brackley not helped by the dismissal of uh, Shepmer and Bedsey in the sixth minute of that game, um, which put them at a, a numerical disadvantage for 84 minutes. Um, I'm sure... How Kev did you Wilkin- describe him, Dickie, after that? Um <laughs> I can't remember now. Oh, well, yes, they'd lost their shepherd. So, yes, like lost sheep, I would imagine. Um, he, he is Shepherd Murrumbedzi, just in case you weren't aware of his full name. Um, but, yeah, a, a really good win for Farsley to win there by three goals to nil. I'm sure Kevin Wilkin, even with Brackley being down to 10, you know, Brackley traditionally so hard to break down. But, you know, it, it, it did break down yesterday with that man short and, and they came away with a, a terrific win. Two for uh, Jimmy Spencer and then um, one in the 83rd minute for Kean Scales. So, yeah, that's a, a, a terrific victory for them. 
Boston the other B, um, they're, they're not even getting B for effort at the moment as well, or B for achievement. It's lower than that. And we've joked about Paul Cox, um, you know, saying that his side was slow starters, but he's, they're going to need to pull something out soon because I think seeing that their side concede their ninth goal at home in two games wouldn't have sat well with Boston supporters yesterday. Uh, two nil apart half time, John Ustabashi and Connor Hall. Ustabashi had then added a second in the second half. Billy Whitehouse on target as well before Jordan Crawford pulled a goal back in the 80th minute. That's a very similar tale to how it was against Southport on opening day. I think they were five nil down before they rallied with three late goals, you know, four nil down and then rallying with a goal there. It's, I'm going to say it's not good enough, is it? You know, you 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 can't start playing when the other team are 4-0, 5-0 up. That, that doesn't wash with anybody. And it's not going to wash with Boston United fans if they continue playing that way. Brill, uh, Dickie, Joe, thanks for joining us. Uh, also, thanks to Anne and to Scott Davis. Uh, give us a follow on Twitter at NL Full Time. It's the same on Instagram. And make sure you subscribe to us as well so you get it uploaded to your device every week and leave us a review as well. Until then, have a great week and we'll see you all very soon.